Hello and welcome to another episode of Our Athletes. My name is Michael Raziel. I am your host for the show where I get to talk to Olympic athletes and hopefuls on their story and path to the games. And today I speak with Bethany Galat. She is at Texas A&M or she was at Texas A&M. She's a swimmer. She does breaststroke. She is fantastic. She's such a cool person. She has such a great outlook on life. What she does and why she does it I think is fantastic. She also, unfortunately, she did not make the Olympic Games this past year, but 2020 is right around the corner and she's doing everything. She tells us a little bit about what she's gone through, what she's going through, and crossing our fingers that Bethany does make the team in 2020. So other than that, guys, I hope you guys enjoy it. Have a great show, and um, I'll talk to you after, I guess. Today, we have USA team member, swimming team member, Bethany Gallat, born August 10th, 1995, out of Indiana, the great state of Indiana. Uh, Bethany attended, is attending slash will be graduating from Texas A&M University this coming December. Bethany attended also the 2016 U.S. Olympic Trials, the uh, 2017 U.S. World Team Trials, the 2017 FINA, correct? FINA? FINA World Championships, where she got silver, so second in the world. She was also runner-up at the 2018 U.S. National Championships and the 2018 NCAA Championships. And she has been on team at USA for two years. Bethany? Thanks for hanging out with us today. Yes, of course. Fantastic. Took me a little while to figure out some of this stuff, but we're here. We're good. We're good. We're clear. We're good to go. Good so to Bethany, go. if you don't mind giving us, uh, you know, telling us a little bit about your story, obviously that's a synopsis at best. Um, so if you don't mind, I guess most good stories start from the beginning, if you don't mind taking it away. Yeah. So it's hard to recap over 15 years of swimming. Um, just I've learned so, so much, not just about the sport, but about myself as a person, it seems every day, you know, like, um, so when I was a baby, baby, before I remember, my parents always tell the story of them throwing me in a pool and I would just sink to the bottom with a big smile on my face. And I think that just kind of embodies um, kind of like the natural, like love I have of swimming. But swimming is so much more than just um, the feeling of the water and just like the kind of beauty of it. I know it's, it sounds like, yeah, swimmers are crazy. They love the water. They love just everything about it. But man, it's so much more than just um, just the swimming, just the sport. It's the relationships you make and um, what you learn about yourself um, pursuing relationships and like um, how you view and value people and um, value dedication, value your uh, the qualities that it takes to um, get yourself to the next level, to get your teammates to the next level, to communicate with your coaches. Like, man, it's, it's, it's been such a journey, I guess that's a little cheesy to say, but while there's so much I've learned um, with swimming and um, getting to be able to represent so many different teams and so many different values that are much greater than myself, it's something that I'll definitely um, treasure for the rest of my life and something will be a part of my life in that sense where it's really developed my character in a lot of ways. Very cool. Love it. Yeah. I mean, obviously recapping just 15 years of swimming could take a little while too. I hear swimming is a very much from other, this is what I hear from other swimmers, by the way. Um, a lot of grinding It's a very grind worthy sport of people being in the pool for 
six and a half, seven hours a day, six days a week um, practicing. I mean, that just sounds crazy. I could sit by a pool for six and a half hours a day. I don't think I could swim constantly for six and a half hours a day. That would be a little, um, a little crazy. And I really like your sinking baby story. I just wrote down sinking baby in my notes here. I need to bring that up at any point in time. So I appreciate that one. So um, coming out of high school, you were actually relatively coveted. I mean, I, I read a couple different articles. You were what number one out of the state in Indiana. You were number 13 around the country. Um, what was it like being, I mean, 18 year old Bethany, 17 year old Bethany getting coveted and kind of having people constantly call her and be like, Hey, you want to come to our school? What was, what was that process like? Um, and how did, you know, as, at such a young age, you were able to take all that in. Man. I mean, I think what helped me the best was my innocence. Um, I was, um, one of the few people in my family who went on into division one athletics and we never, my immediate family never really followed college sports at all. Um, to be honest, my, my dad, the only sport we really followed was university Colts and we like, he didn't even go to any games, you know? So I was definitely innocent in that sense. And even on my club team and high school team, there weren't as many people going the division one colleges. So I think that really humbled me and like showed me how much there is out there and um, how much talent, how much resources there are out there. And I think that definitely um, seed planted a seed of um, gratitude in my, and in, in my search, you know, and that also made my decision really hard because I could see, um, I could see so much value in each school and each team. Um, so it took me a little bit longer in my decision, but yeah, I mean, I'm incredibly happy with everyone who I met through that process. Like coaches still, um, I keep up with the coaches who had recruited me other than the, the Texas A&M coaches. And I've been on trips with some of them too. It's, it's really neat just to see like that genuine those genuine relationships I was able to build. But yeah, I mean, recruiting was a really cool, cool process. And um, you definitely got treated like a princess the whole time. And, um, but you really had to open your eyes and see the truth and what they're trying to sell. And um, that shows and how people react with each other. And I mean, I think, um, it's pretty obvious when people aren't being genuine because you can see how people talk about their coaches or talk about the program. Like you can, you can kind of tell. Um, and at Texas A&M, I had, it was very, very clear to me that everyone cared for each other was, um, and everyone had high goals and everyone contributed in their own way. Um, and I felt a strong sense of humility on that team. And that was my, um, one of my core values is um, respecting humility and uh, respect, honor, service, which everything, all of those qualities are very strong here at Texas A&M. Very cool. Yeah, it seems like uh, Texas A&M does seem like a pretty, um, pretty interesting place, a very cool place. And I'm glad you think you made the right decision. And obviously, that means you made the right decision. So I think that is extremely important. But as you said, it's probably pretty cool being treated like a princess constantly um, and have everyone just con- telling you, oh, Bethany, you're so great. Oh, we'd love to have you here. So uh, it, it is great that you were able to kind of see what you needed to see and find out the information you needed to find out to make sure 
that you made the right decision and it really sounds like you did. So tell us a little bit more about Texas A&M and kind of what you've gotten out of that situation over the last four years or yeah, four years, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How long? Yeah. So tell us a little bit about that. (laughs) Um, So going into my college search, I initially wanted to go to a smaller school and wow, I could not have gone to a bigger school. (laughs) Right. That's funny. (laughs) And I mean, I have been each year I've been more happy with my decision. And it's funny because everyone feels like that. And um, when people, I mean, there's been swimmers who've um, decided to pursue life outside of swimming. Um, so they asked to be um, released from the team, but they, it's always been an incredibly hard decision for them and always for the best and seeing how the team reacts with and the, our coaches react to that support like that. I mean, that just shows um, the character of being a Texas A&M student just because there's so much value outside of swimming. And um, we have the largest run community service event, which may not be a very much the big deal since we're one of the largest campuses, but still like just that um, the students pursue an organization um, so like intently. And so um, it's called the big event. And aptly um, named. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And there's I, I don't know, there's just a lot of different ways to be involved in um the, how people um approach you and how people act. Um no one's no one's going to be to themselves very much. Everyone is very willing to help and um I know that's very broad, but Man, I I could I could have so many stories about um, just how people have included me and um, really listened to me when I needed to needed to be listened to and um, yeah I, I'm really happy with Texas A&M and being a part of a school with um, so much so, that puts so much value in service and um, hard work and humility. Yeah, those were, I mean, obviously you just repeated them now, but before I I just made sure to write down my notes, service and giving back. Those are two things that you really harped on it and you were really happy about when you made your decision to sex A&M, it sounds like. So I'm glad um, that you had that ability and you still get that ability every day to be a part of that community giving back. And just because you're the biggest campus doesn't mean you're going to have the biggest turnout for service. It clearly means that people are Mm -hmm interested in giving back and helping and want to do something about it. So I think that's pretty cool um, because there could always be the uncool thing to do is help back and, and, and give back. So I think it's, it's great that you guys have been able to do that. So congratulations on your decision. Unfortunately, you are, your um, eligibility has run out if I'm not mistaken, but you'll be graduating in December um, and, you know, hopefully your time there and uh, maybe, Hey, there's maybe a master's degree in your future. No one knows, right? Maybe you do. I don't know, but we, uh, that, that is always an interesting as well. So, you get to Texas A&M in 2013, 2014, and then by 2016, you're already going to the Olympic trials, the U.S. trials, the U.S. national championships, the NCAA championships. How, like, how big of a leap did you make in those two first years at Texas A&M, and how much do you attribute to the coaching staff and the teammates you have there? Everything. I mean, all of a sudden, I have all the resources that I need, you know, um, incredible weight weight room, incredible weight room and weight room staff, and nutrition. Nutrition was a huge thing. We have 
um, a mini fridge where we can go to for snacks or sandwiches. And we have a whole athletic dining hall for just athletes and dinner is free. Breakfast is free. Um, just a whole like hotline of very quality food, very good quality food. And um, we also have snacks in the uh, coach's office and man, just anywhere there's food, you can find food. And I think that was one of my major things I improved on and not just nutrition, but support from the team competitive. Our team here is very extremely competitive and has um, high goals and not just high goals, but everyone is um, pursuing each other and has everyone else's backs. And we want to beat the person next to us, but we also want that person to beat us. You know, it like mm -hmm. it goes like back to back. Um, and yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, our athletic, or excuse me, our um, academic support staff is incredible. We have our own scholastic advisor um, who comes to nearly all of our swim practices and he doesn't need to. And he calls, we can call him for anything. I think my freshman year, I went to him first when I was sick before our athletic trainer, just because he can honestly answer any question. And I think having that comfort so early on in my freshman year, I mean, that was like the first week of our freshman um, classes, um, just really shows like his support and his, um, how much he cares for us, um, both as a swimmer and as an athlete and um, a student. Um, and then I could talk a lot about our coaching staff, how keen they are and technicality and um, how persistent they are in, in pursuing each thing that we need to get better, which I think was a little bit hard just having so much criticism and such short of time, I guess, um, at the beginning, of the beginning of the year, I just subconsciously look up at um, once we were on the wall, I would look up expecting that our coaches will say something to me about my strokes. And there's a lot of room for improvement for that. And I mean, there still is. We constantly, um, there's constantly ways to get better. Swimming is a very technical based sport. Um, and the training itself was a lot more specific to um stroke work and drill work and pace work and just everything that i learned flip-flopped you know and having all those different areas in my life change um forced me to be more independent and forced me to realize how important it is to reach out and to utilize those resources is um, something that i think everyone um, is a very important thing to learn just in general in life, um, wherever you're at, wherever group community you're in. Um, so, awesome. Yeah. Well, I thought, you, I thought there was one more thought. It's okay. It's okay. So there's a couple things that, that really stood out to me. One was the competition between your teammates with swimming being a very individual sport, unless we're in a relay, really. I mean, you guys are essentially yeah. just going head to head constantly. It's very, so I like the, the idea of a swim team has always been very interesting to me. How do you guys kind of handle that? As you were saying though, of course you want them to win. You're friends with them. There these people are extremely yeah. important to you, but how do you kind of handle that when it comes to major competitions like the NCAA tournaments yeah. when like you, you're, you're always looking out for number one, you want to win, obviously 
you're going to get beat yeah. by someone that you know and love. How do you guys handle mm-hmm. that? And what do, was there any specific things that you did um, to make sure that that really never got in the way of, of friendships and relationships? Um, to be honest, it's never really been a problem. I think uh, for me and for on the team, I think we're just naturally like, we naturally see how much we want to get better. And I think that's contagious. And there's a humility with that. Um, and with those two factors, I think there just never really was a problem with that on our team. And I think it's contagious when um, everyone is encouraging each other during practice. And yes, I understand we're not on a um, team where we're like physically counting on each other. But then again, we are. Because training on your own is incredibly hard to motivate yourself and incredibly hard to push yourself to the next level because a lot of the times you think you're pushing yourself and then you see someone else in front of you and then you're like oh crap I gotta go you know um and there's never any animosity about that and I think a lot of that has to do with we all have the goal to place high as a team and for everyone to improve their times individually um and having that same goal is what makes college athletics incredible incredibly um and special i think and a lot of countries miss out on that um experience and i think that's what why team usa does so incredible at um at any international meet is because we have that advantage of college athletics that's so true. I mean, just having that constant competition for those four years, um, it really clearly, I mean, look, like during those four years, you made it to the Olympic trials, went to the U.S. team trials, placed second at the U.S. national championships, placed, you know, got silver at the world championships. Clearly, there was a lot there that you got. A couple other thoughts that I just want to um, bring up. You don't really have to talk too much about them. One, um, I should have been a swimmer at Texas A&M because the food there sounds phenomenal. Um, and then two, if this didn't just turn into an awesome advertisement for Texas A&M, like let's do it. I'm all for it. More swimmers should go there clearly because it sounds like you guys have an incredible program. So hopefully you get one or two members out of that and maybe, maybe there's a kickback in our future. We'll see how that goes. Um, so that's, that is phenomenal. So then that was kind of the first, you know, getting used to, and and, you know, a lot about what happened at Texas A&M those last two years though, 2016, obviously starting with the Olympic trials, um, the world team trials, the FINA world, FINA, FINA, the FINA <laughs> world championships, you're getting second um, runner up at the U S national championships this year, runner up at the NCAAs this year. What was, I mean, how did you see your progression then starting to take place, starting with the Olympic trials in 2016? What was that experience like? And when did you finally realize that this, you know, getting to the Olympics and being one of the best in the world was absolutely something within your, your grasp? Yeah, I mean, there's a very special moment that always comes to mind when um, I realized, wow, I have a chance to make, I can have a chance to make the Olympic team. Um, and that came at practice and training when there's two post grads training with us, Sarah Henry and Bria Larson, training to make the team as well. And I realized that um, a lot of the habits that I had matched their habits. Um, and it and it, it was just a realization that wow like this is something that i want um but i never approached the meet um i never approached the meet like knowing that i or thinking that i would have to make it you know and i think that gave me 
an incredibly humble and incredibly um, calm approach, you know, to the meet. And I, that was the most fun I've ever had in swimming, um, just because it was the longest meet I've ever had and um, the most I've ever raced. And I've, I haven't had so many best times in one week, you know, and it was, it was just an incredible week of improvement. And the core of that was realizing how much um, I believe that uh, Jesus died for our sins. And I believe that he's, um, he saved me through my sin and my identity. And um, when I found how much he loved, when I enjoy his gift, that he gave me the gift um, of swimming and um, of enjoying that gift, you know, um, that gave me an incredible peace going into my races and incredible gratitude and, um, and having that mindset is unstoppable, you know, cause you're not going to be, you're not going to be defeated if you're not, if you don't get what you want, you know? Um, and I think living and swimming for something, I mean, that's our sole purpose is to become more like Jesus. Um, and that was my pivotal pivotal turning point in my career was realizing that um god gave me this gift to glorify him and um he wants me to enjoy it and he wants me to um give him glory through that as in um tell everybody else how great he is and um that really kind of pulled me into finishing off my um years at AM successfully and um and and outside of AM as well at um uh, Fino World Championships and um man I've just learned so much through our my relationship with God and um the community I found at AM um at my church here and even on my sub team and um I've just really developed my relationship with God and with God through swimming. Um so that's been definitely my core of what I've learned through um, my relationship with something. That is awesome. Yeah. I mean, whatever, whatever gets you to where you need to be. I mean, clearly that's something that you, um, I mean, just watching your lace, uh, lit, lace, watching your face light up, um, while you talk about it is clearly something that you're, you're extremely passionate about. And I'm glad that you've been able to, uh, utilize that and take all that energy and force and be able to take the universe and, and, figure out what exactly you're looking for and how it works for you. So I think that's incredible. Congratulations. Good. Lucky you, I guess is one way to say it. Cause a lot of people don't find that. So, um, it's pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. So that that's phenomenal. And as you said, finishing out your, um, career at A&M, you know, obviously with the relationships you've made, um, it just seems like you've really been able to take that energy and, and, and that light and really be able to push it forward and utilize it. And I mean, it kind of, culminates i guess you could say i don't know which one was first was the the u.s national championships first or was the 20 uh the nc well actually no let's let's take a step back you're number two in the world let's talk about that for a second 2017 you were number two you finished second in the world in something what is that like i mean you you obviously had this great very big understanding in 2016 and then 2017 it pretty much comes to light let's say at understanding that you're number two in the world at something what is that emotion like and realization i mean you're still relatively young you still got a little bit of time I mean, you still had another year of college left um what was that like in being able to kind of take that and and kind of maybe not see your fullest potential, but see a, um, see a clear understanding of the direction you're going in. Yeah. I mean, I, to be honest, 
I was just going, not going through the motions, but I was, um, I was enjoying the motions. Mm-hmm. So I was mm-hmm. really enjoying um, pursuing, um, developing, um, developing my swimming, developing, um, just finding different ways to get better, you know, um, and swimming at world championships was honestly, I spent my goal for a while to make the world championship team and, um, having it actually happen. Like everything just seemed like so much more than what I thought it was going to be, you know? Um, I was no, I don't. Really I'm sorry. Enjoying... I have absolutely no idea what it's like. Let's start with that. <laughs> Probably everybody listening other than the other Olympic athletes or, or Olympic hopefuls have no idea. So please, you need to, you need to lay it on us. We have no idea what it's like. <laughs> um, well, being on Team USA, I can start out by saying is we get everything, absolutely everything we need and more. Um, we have four massage therapists. Uh, at World Championships, we had four massage therapists one dual as um, massage therapist and a chiropractor. Um, and then we also had a team doctor. Um, we had a nutritionist who would get um, order food for us. There was a team room with food everywhere, you know, PB&Js, these fancy nuts, mixed nuts. <laughs> I think that I thought they tasted better, but I should have just said like on top of the world. <laughs> yeah, that might have, um, yeah, your taste buds might have been flying high too. You never know. <laughs> Yeah, and, I mean, we stayed in a hotel, like, right on the beach and during our training trip in Croatia. Like, we got to go to Croatia, and um, we got um, per dia monies to go out to eat, like, occasionally. And, um, I mean, if not, like, we had food at the hotel that was incredible. And um, we even had – they even rented cars. So, in case when we got drug tested at the – at world championships if it went too late then they could drive us home and we wouldn't have to wait for the bus so i don't know it's just like little things that are really big things you know they um they just really treat they just really reward us for making that uh team and um to be around incredibly elite athletes it makes you realize that um realize how much you support them you know and because you're you're starting to understand like how they tick and you're starting to understand like that they really value they really value being a part of team usa and they want to give back as much as they can and they want to represent um they want to represent the team with respect and with honor and um i think that's just that just gives us so much pride to wear um a cap with not just our name on it, but the American flag on it. And I think um, that's something that'll always mean, get, we'll put so much value into that. And um, it's kind of like the biggest, the biggest thing that, the most memorable thing was putting on um, that cap. And I think it's a little corny, but I think it means so, so much um, to be able to do something like that. It's not corny. Don't worry. It's extremely um, honorable. We appreciate everything that you do on a daily basis so that you can represent us on these international, even national, but international levels. Um, And then not only to just represent us, but also kick butt while you're doing it. We sincerely appreciate that too. So what was it like getting second in the world? Like at what point did you realize like, wait, there's literally only one other person in the world better than me. Like that's a pretty cool feeling, right? 
Yeah, I mean, it's it was really hard for me to wrap my mind around that just because I made some um, big jumps in my career, and I that was by far the biggest jump. It's a big one. Um, and I think after Olympic trials, I had um, passed a huge milestone, and it gave me a realization and a focus and a vision that man, I can be on the world championship team and that gave me and lily king is someone who i've always been competing she's from indiana as well and she's always motivated we've always had a relation healthy rivalry um relationship and um she pushes she's been pushing me since we're 12 years old you know and i think being on a team with her was really really neat um I guess I'm kind of going on a tangent, but yeah, I mean, getting second place, man, there is, I mean, half that heat could have gone second. The first place uh, finisher, uh, Yulia, Yulia Fomova, she was a couple of seconds ahead of the field, so I didn't go into the meet thinking I would be her unless something happened. <laughs> but man, the field was incredibly close and, um, I kept telling myself during the race, like, I'm doing well, I'm winning, I'm winning. Well, obviously, I knew I wasn't winning, but, like, I wanted to tell myself I was <laughs> winning because I knew, like, that's... Whatever gets you through, man. Whatever gets you through. Yeah, I mean, I was just, like, so focused on... Or so... Yes, I was so focused, and I wasn't fretting about other people's race. And um, because my race... How how we train at a is we train a lot of 200 pace. And so... Um, so we hold back a little bit in the beginning of the race and then we come back stronger, um, stronger than usually mm-hmm. the rest of the field. So I was a little bit behind and having that last kick or ha- having that anticipation of like waiting made me want it even more <laughs> finishing, you know, um, in that last 50, I'll never ever forget because I was so incredibly in tuned with my stroke and in tuned with my thoughts and um every with every stroke i had i thought of praising my lord and and that really propelled me to the next level you know and um when i finished it was funny because i was so collected and that's not usually how i am after a good race and i think that's a testimony to um just how in tune i was with god and the holy spirit within within my heart and i think he just gave me that um, serenity and um, level-headedness so I could go into uh, the interviews with <laughs> calm thoughts and not mumble and jumbles, you know, and um, I think it was just a very genuine moment of happiness, <laughs> you know. It was, I, again, it was a very I don't. Special moment. I'll never know. I'll never be <laughs> the second in the world at anything, I don't think. If I could be like a hundredth in the world at something, I'll be happy. <laughs> Listening to you talk about it, seeing your face light up, what you've been able to do, how you've been able to um, get to where you are, I think is incredible. So again, we sincerely appreciate you representing us. Um, I'll just keep asking you questions if that's cool. I'm relatively okay at it, I like to think. So it's something that I'm just going to keep doing because it's a lot of fun. Um, So you get second at World Championships. That is incredible. And then you go to the U.S. Team Trials. Or no, I'm sorry, the U.S. National Championships and then the NCAAs were uh, 2018, correct? Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about those. I mean, now you're not really on the 
world level you're not it's not an international competition is there more fight because you know even more people that are there i mean obviously with the ncaa's as well like so how how do those differ i guess from international competition and really what did you do to again you play second at both of these as well right you play second at the u.s national championships and the ncaa's correct Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. so tell us a little bit about both of those races i mean obviously they're not the same race but you know if you don't mind kind of just summarizing both of them as well yeah so I can first start talking about NCAA because NCAA is pretty similar to international meets, just considering how many international swimmers are there and just the level of competition. But NCAA's is very unique because it's a team. It's more team oriented because um, we're fighting for a national title. And even on our conference meet, we're fighting for that conference title and um, the atmosphere going back to 2016 very incredibly impacted or gave me the experience that I needed going into Olympic trials just because dealing with that pressure of, wow, you're swimming for something much greater for yourself. And um, that atmosphere of the energy and um, the pressure of just the pressure of being around elite athletes. um, I think you really have to develop, give yourself time to develop that mindset like, that um, we're all competing because we love to compete and we're all competing for um, similar values in, um, of respect and honor. And I think when you learn what you're fighting for, what you're swimming for, then um, you won't feel defeated, you know, um, because you're swimming something great for something greater than yourself. Um, you're representing something bigger. Um, and I think through my years with swimming, that's something I've definitely found value in. And so for in NCAAs, I found motivation through fighting for Texas A&M and fighting. I always fight for my name and my identity in Christ. But I think NCAAs is more unique in the sense where I'm fighting for Texas A&M and um, the values at Texas A&M. And, U.S. Nationals is is a, is a pretty fun meet as well, just because there's a lot of hype, and seeing the hype get um, grow more and more since Michael the Michael Phelps era, I think certainly has gotten a much more popular, and it's really cool to be a part of a sport that's growing in popularity, and um, for treated well. I mean, the facilities we always go to are incredible. Um, I mean, yes, we're it's outside of the college team. We're not fighting for a national title, title in a sense, but we're fighting for a spot to represent Team USA. And our whole team wants us to do, each one of us wants each other to do well. And it's the same. And we're still wearing AM on our caps. We're still representing AM. And I mean, that's the essence of any meet is who are you representing? What are you representing? And once you learn that, then. Um, you're set for life, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, and clearly you, you found um, you found the things that you need to represent and, and, and want to represent. And I think that's pretty awesome. Uh, and I think you're pretty lucky. And it, it, it's a good point how NCAAs are kind of, 
I didn't, you didn't say more fun or more enjoyable, but there's that extra added layer. You know, you're there with your Texas A&M team and you guys are trying to represent Texas A&M as well as all the other things. So I think that that's pretty cool and definitely adds that extra layer that you can really, everyone can really get attached onto because there's kind of, you know, as we were talking about earlier, swimming is very individual unless you're doing a relay. Um, so now actually being there with your team and all fighting for the same goal, you're all doing individual things, but you're all fighting for, for the same thing. I think that that's, um, could definitely be an extra motivator if, if you needed one at all. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So you've obviously had a pretty incredible year or a pretty incredible career so far with the last two years being spent with team USA, partially Texas A&M. What are the expectations for 2020? I mean, you've, play second in the world already. You've played second in the NCAAs. You play second in the 18 um, U.S. National Championships. What more do you need to do to secure your spot for the 2020 games? Um, man, I mean, there's always so much room for improvement. I think now, um, yes, there's a lot of things I need to fix with my stroke, but my primary, primary or priority right now is to uh, – um, develop my relationship with my coaches a little more. I think um, communication with them has been, I mean, I think there's always, I think there's always room for improvement with communication. And I think um, there's a lot of times where I was struggling and not really enjoying practice. Um, I think there's a little bit of pressure I was pushing, putting on myself to um, improve on my times each uh each season, each set, you know, and I think I really, I wasn't enjoying that process as much. And I think I should, or what needs to get, um, what I need to improve on is um, share my feelings with my coaches and um, just be, uh, I'm a big advocate on being vulnerable and being vulnerable builds trust and um, genuine relationship. And I think that's one thing I can work with my coaches and and um, involving myself in an internship and part-time job after school is very important to me. Um, keeping my involvement in my church is priority to me. And um, just life outside of swimming, balancing nutrition, because I won't be able to go to the athletic dining hall anymore. I use up that source. Um, so building, building that uh, schedule of, trying to um, plan my meals and nutrition and all is that'll be another hurdle for me. And I think going into 2020, my goal is to um, pursue getting better and all the little things, you know, and I don't want to put my, put expectations on myself that I, like I have to make the team. I think that's my goal because where I'm at right now, I feel like I have to make the team and I want to, just with my success I've had in the past. Um, but I want to go get over that hurdle and with the help of uh, my team and the support staff um, on the team. And I think building those relationships will really take me to the next level. I'm okay with whatever the results are um, as long as I give it my best. Um, so that's my goal is to give it my best. <laughs> Love it. I mean, that's really all you can get, right? Um, as long as you're doing that, there's really not much more um, 
that you can possibly do. So I think that that's fantastic. So what about also, so you, you obviously have a lot of things lined up and that you're going to need to do now with not being in school or at least relatively soon as of recording only a couple more months till you graduate, how is that going to affect you? I mean, obviously it sounds like, as you said, you're going to be getting a job and internship because that's very important. Obviously with your church, you're going to keep, keep staying um, uh, relevant and doing all the things that you need to do there. But, obviously school and classes and finals and all that's huge. Now you kind of take that out and you replace it with a couple other things. How is that going to either, how is that either going to help or, or maybe even hinder um, what you're looking forward to trying to do for, for uh, the upcoming games? It's going to help because I'm going to be more intentional in those decisions, you know, and I think it'll, it'll show how much I, um, how much value I'm putting into my decisions. And it's, they give me independence and and the, in the same sense that's that has potential to be a negative you know and it's, it might show that um i'm gonna need to work on being intentional on making the right decisions you know and i think it's a little scary to have all that freedom and all that responsibility but that's a room of improvement that you know everyone needs to grow in um so just having that freedom will be a challenge. Yeah, because I did write down from previous in our conversation, you, you said it was, um, it's difficult, maybe not for you, but it is difficult for someone to motivate themselves. And that's why you really enjoyed your teammates because you guys were able to motivate each other and really push each other to the highest level. Um, and now you're definitely, as you, I mean, obviously you've worked on that for a few years now and you're going to have that, um, the opportunity, let's call it, to see uh, how much you've been able to improve in that area and then continue to improve there. So I think that's pretty cool pretty incredible. So awesome. Bethany, this was absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much for your time today. Bethany Gallant. Why, why don't you throw an A in there? Bethany Gallant, right? Bethany Gallant, USA Swimming, Texas A&M University. Um, Bethany, yeah. Whoop. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Sincerely, sincerely appreciate your time. I really appreciate you contacting me and um, I've really enjoyed sharing a little bit part of my story. Fantastic. And that's what we're here for. So thank you so much. Have a wonderful day and uh, we'll keep you up to date. Don't worry. Awesome. Thanks. You too. Thank you guys so much for listening to that episode with Bethany Galat. She's a wonderful person. I hope you guys got something out of it and some inspiration. Listening to her story is already appreciated and really everything else that comes in between. So thank you guys so much. If you could please rate, share, subscribe, review, anything to get this a little bit more publicity because I do think what we're doing over here at Our Athletes giving our athletes just a little bit more recognition because they truly deserve it. Um, but other than that, guys, thank you so much, and I hope you have a wonderful day.